everybody let's take your pick back at your doorsteps come up your head tops i'm here with rob and sean yours truly mikey meatballs not mikey motionelli this week as a collective uh last sunday we had a plus 8.3 unit weekend between the three of us which is nothing to look over i'm feeling a little arrogant i'm feeling confident i feel focused again going in this wild card weekend uh how do you boys feel after that i feel good i feel great i, I mean it's interesting to hear you say that you're arrogant and confident after uh, sean and i had that niners play over you and we double dip with the money line too on my end you did you did so you guys kind of skewed those numbers slightly for me uh, i appreciate that but i will say this up until sean mcveigh's bitch ass celebrating in the end zone after a touchdown with his players did anybody else see that who no you're a coach you're a you're a coach i'm so glad you brought that up he wants to be one of the boys so bad that it actually hurts and it annoys me because he is such a good football coach but it's like bro i know the niners were sitting there looking at him like is this dude serious right now that was bad. that was disrespectful as soon as that happened mike I, 17 nothing. I see he's celebrating in the end zone. I'm, I'm like, that's it. Niners are coming back and winning this game. I that I swear to you, that was my first thought was, what is he doing? My second thought is, Niners are going to come back and win this game now. Well, you know, it's funny, Rob. Right after that, I look at my dad. I'm like, Rams are going to blow this. And my dad looks at me. He's like, I knew I should have listened to Robert. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well. And blame you for that, but in this given moment, I'm like five minutes ago, you're being like, God damn, you were right about the Rams. I'm like, I know. So that we'll get one. That, those Rams, that's for sure. But I, I mean, what it, it, it was the theme of the week was it was just so many crazy games. That one of them, right? Being down 17, coming back and having that back and forth battle in the, in the fourth. Meanwhile, we have the cup over as well. We're tracking the whole time. Like and on a lot of those player props we had last week, which you know we did pretty good on props. It, aside from a historical upset in Jacksonville taking out Indianapolis, could have been a monster day, right? Like you run that game back ten times. You know how many times in that game do, do the Colts win? Number one, Jonathan Taylor get in the end zone and the possibility of Hines sneaking in, right? So outside of that, you know we had a it was a really good day on a lot of those props. Like Cup, you had our guys going off in the first half. Cup goes for seventy four quiet as a mouse in the third quarter and then with that crazy fourth quarter cashes it for us right at the end but if i'm not mistaken but you did not have the official 16 one uh 106 and a half it was a 116 and a half it was 116 i was lucky enough to get it at 118 and a half and i'm watching the rams blow it i'm watching cooper cups sit there at 118 and i just knew in that moment that we were going to have to have this conversation. <laughs> and that's actually what really bothered me the most about it all. It wasn't even the money because I just knew you guys both being on the Niners and my dad bitching at me and Cooper Cup sitting there a half a yard. At that, I was actually praying for that correction. I'm like, somebody bump him to 19. <laughs> so that correction is a heartbreaker. But I will say this, all three of us kind of felt the same way about that Jags game. We like when you call it a clown game and you're making fun of an organization, like those players are still gonna come out and show up. And that's exactly what they did. I didn't have 
I didn't have the balls to put my money up on them money line. I didn't have the balls to make that an official play, but I did feel really good about that. Uh, so we saw that one coming at least, and we were right about a lot of other plays. But enough harping on the past, enough of you guys busting my balls about the Niners. You guys got lucky, and Sean McVay, you owe me 50 bucks. We're going to get into – the Las Vegas Raiders getting now four and a half. And this line's been going pretty crazy in Cincinnati. I I put an early play in. I took Vegas at five and a half. And I still I didn't really know how that line was gonna move. I just put it in because I like the Raiders personally, but I know uh you guys both have some seasonness of some leans. I can't make the five and a half an official play, and I'm not going to make the four and a half an official play because people are getting bad numbers now. But, John, you had a really good point about the beginning of that game, and I want you to explain that to everybody else and what you were thinking with that. Yeah, so Oakland, Cincinnati, what we got is uh, two coaches with zero playoff appearances and two quarterbacks with uh, zero playoff appearances. Um, my, uh, play on this game is going to be the first half total under 24. I got that at MGM. Um, I just think we're going to start with a conservative game. I don't think anybody wants to lose this game in the first half. Um, and I don't think anyone's going to go and try and win this game in the first half. The first game these guys played against each other, it was tight in the first half. I think there was a uh, 19 points scored in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I just – I don't think they come out strong. I think they feel each other out. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Nobody wants to give the other team the game early. So they're going to protect their quarterbacks in play calling. I don't mean that in, like, blocking schemes. I mean, they're going to give them – Try and get them comfortable. Plays. Yeah, get them, get them going a little bit. And both of them have – sufficient run games like joe mixon's a beast Josh and he killed him last game too joe mixon yeah, ran for a, a buck 30 on him last game yeah and josh jacobs isn't a slouch when he's healthy he can run the ball um yeah i, I totally agree with that and it, it's funny you brought that. i've never even thought about that aspect of the game but that's genius where both of them are going to play it very tentative to start um but with that being said I think eventually the Raiders are going to be more fearless because they're already running on expired time. Nobody thought they were going to win on when last week, when last Sunday night, nobody thought they would be where they are right now. So the dangerous man is the man that has nothing to lose. That's why I'm backing them. Do I think they're going to win it outright? I'm not ready to say that, but I think that they're going to scrap this one out like they have been the rest of the season or this entire season and make this one a tough one for an inexperienced Cincinnati Bengals team. A Cincinnati Rob, Bengals team that rested a lot of starters last week, right? Mm -hmm. so, to Sean's point on that first half under, and I'm I'm on board. Like I'll tell that play because I like the under in general. It's getting a lot. It's getting like over 80% of the money on uh, about a third of the tickets. So mm -hmm. I, I do like the under. I think, uh, you know, the, what's interesting is 
is I think both offenses have an advantage in the passing game. So if it is a conservative game, you know, that would that, that would help, help counter that because I, I do think there's a slight advantage there. I think, if anything, the offense in this game tends leads more towards the passing game. But because of Burrow and uh, his wideout sitting last week, I could see this getting off to a slow start. But I like the under 49 overall too. Um, what I see – so what's interesting, I know Sean brought up the success Mixon had earlier in the season in this matchup. I think actually that, you know – the rush, like the rushing defenses in this uh, game, also have an advantage, right? So I think it's going to be a tough time for both the Bengals and the Raiders to get the ball moving on the ground. And if that's the case early on, mixed in with a, a possibly a slow start out of Cincinnati, you know, coming into their first home playoff environment after sitting last week, I could, I definitely like the first half under, and I'm leaning to more towards an overall under in the game. Yeah, yeah, interesting fact. No one has ever tweeted about a Cincinnati Bengals playoff win. Not tweeted, texted. Nobody's ever texted because their last playoff win was in 1991 and text messaging started in 92. Nobody's ever texted about a Bengals playoff win. Maybe this year. I'm not 100% sure about that, though. Right? Come and play ball, man. I know everyone thinks this is easy, but. Two weeks ago, Sean, we were saying how. Nobody wants to see the Bengals in the playoffs. Yep, for sure. And now we sit here, and it's like this isn't a sure thing. Nobody wants to see the Raiders right now. I know it's scary. It's fun. It's fun. where do you rank? Where would you rank both of you? Where would you rank Raiders in terms of uh, outright dog probabilities this week? Who's your favorite outright dog? Like where do the Raiders fall into that? Uh, you know, you- they're my second favorite. I, they're my second favorite at the moment. Uh, I don't rule that out of the realm of, po- realm of possibility at all. Just off the – that team just got heart, man. And it's it's corny to say, but over the course of the last four months, five months, they've just continued to prove that exact fact. And Derek Carr, I don't know if I'm ready to say that I'm a fan now. But I don't dislike him anymore. He's growing on you. Yeah, no, it's like I hate. Like, it makes me like, hear sick, sick saying it, but he is growing on me. I'm not. I'm not a hater anymore. Like he got them there this year. That says a lot. And to beat a division rival to get in, uh, I like their odds. Not enough to make that an official play, but we'll see what happens come th- uh, Saturday if we end up tweeting that out or not. Follow us on Twitter at Take Your Underscore Pick. For all official plays, we update that pretty often with anything that we add on after the cast. So don't be a lizard. Follow, take your pick on Twitter. I'm um, I'm ready to wrap this one up. And ready I think get into it, it? What we're that? ready to get in, we're ready to get into it. Yeah, I think we I think we get into this one. This, and we have a tough division matchup between the Pats. Getting four in Buffalo. It's the third time this team is going to play. These two teams are going to play each other. And just off of history, I'm looking at it, and I love the under. And I think my favorite part about the under is DraftKings is doing a promotion for Hammer the Over. Which, in turn, I look at the tickets, the over is getting all the love. But the under... There's a sharp play. 
I love the under just off. You have a tough defense facing a one-dimensional offense, and then that team with the tough defense has a rookie quarterback that doesn't really have weapons. And lately, they haven't really been able to get going early, as we saw it in the Dolphins. Sean, I'm sure you were furious at that one. Mac Jones made a pass that probably cost them that game. That pick six early, that put them out of it. And then when you're coming from behind with that offense, you're in trouble. I know, Sean, you feel similar with the under. You lean that. But I know you lean the Pats, too. So I want to know why. So the Patriots, a couple weeks ago, the Patriots were one of my dark horses to go to at least the AFC championship. Um, I do like Mac Jones. I love their defense, and obviously, I mean, Belichick is going to get the head-to-head victory against any other coach that he goes up against, um, yeah. get, like, the check mark on his side. Um, I do lean the under. Mac Jones is keeping me off this game. I didn't like at all, like you said, what I saw last week. Um, I mean, Miami had nothing to play for, and they smoked the Pats nearly start to finish. I just I didn't expect that team to show up, um, and that's what's scaring me off the Pats side here. But there's no way I'm taking the Bills. Can I make a quick side note, not regarding this game? Everybody's in an uproar over uh, Brian Flores getting fired. If I'm Brian Flores, I'm like, thank God. I'm going to get me out of here. I'm going to go coach a team with a real quarterback because he has the pedigree to go get another head coaching job. And For if sure. I'm him, I don't want to deal with Tua anymore. Tua – their record reflects exactly what Tua is. You're right on the cusp, but you're not ever going to get there. Tua's arm can't take them into the playoffs, especially not in that division right now, the way that's shaking out. So, Brian Flores, congratulations. That's that's how I'm taking that. Everybody's killing the Dolphins. And if you look at that around the NFL, those type of organizations have stayed in that bottom-feeding area for this exact reason, the quick turnovers, the wrong picks, the wrong coaches. It, it's like, I don't know why anyone's surprised that the Dolphins made the wrong decision. They've made plenty of them. Over the course of our lives, they've only made wrong decisions. Yeah, I agree. I rest I mean, my They're case. just an average franchise to me. Yeah, I mean, well... <laughs> I know they're in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, so if I was Flores, I might be waiting on that, uh, possibly coming to fold after at the offseason. But otherwise, I mean, yeah, there's really not much. I don't believe in Tua. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. From what we've seen, at least, I agree. I think he's just average. How are they even in the Deshaun Watson conversation? Do they Deshaun have Watson able to get in? I think it's his interest. That's where he wants to go. Yeah, I think it's I think it's his interest in Miami that's that fuels a lot of them being like the, the top destination for him. It was also his interest in Flores. He likes uh, Brian Flores a lot. I was gonna say there must be a lot of massage parlors down there or something. I'm sure there is. I don't know why you would want to go to Miami without Brian Flores. But back to this game. Sorry to all for all that conversation. I just had to make that point because I saw the NF, everybody in an uproar over it. I'm like, dude, he should be thanking everyone. When when I really look at this game, 
Josh Allen has to be what he was in the beginning of this season and the beginning of last season. That offense has been stumbling of late. They didn't handle the Jets like people thought they should. They haven't really been handling anybody of late. And they played a lot of bad teams. In the beginning of the season, they bullied all the bad teams in the NFL, so everybody thought they were a front runner to take it. But right now, it doesn't look like him and Stefan Diggs are on the right page. His numbers have fallen off drastically. They don't run the ball. They refuse to, which I just can't understand. And when you're facing a defensive mind like Bill Belichick and his wild son, you need to be able to mix it up a little bit. You can't be one-dimensional because Bill's just going to feed right into that. So I think that's going to be a tight one, and I think Bill's going to be able to bend but not break, most importantly, in that game, which is going to keep that one under. Uh, and also the, the public playing the over, that's it. That's just that's my key takeaway from this. I look at the market. It backs my game theory. That's what made it an official play. So under 44, that is my official play. First official play of the wild card weekend. Uh, Rob, do you have anything you wanted to add to this con- this one? I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it because, I, I mean, you're talking about Buffalo's offensive struggles. New England's defense is a buzzsaw. I mean, ranked third in pass defense, ninth in rush defense. Like, that's a solid defense that they're going up against. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, you know, New England's going to be able to run the ball on Buffalo. You know, New England, they have the advantage, I think, in the run game there. So I can see that game script going, you know, with similar to the first game where New England, you know, you know, seeks to run the ball first. You're going to need Mac Jones to make a couple plays. I think he can make a couple plays to keep this game within the within the line. Um, but overall, because of that script and, you know, leaning more towards the run game on New England side and that stout defense, I, I like the underplay. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have a say on the spread. I really don't know. The Bills have been getting bullied by the Pets for our entire lives, almost, or our adult lives. So I now's your opportunity. You seize it. I think that they win. They might cover. But I think that one's going to be a dogfight, and I, I don't see either team scoring over 21 points in that game. But – Let's talk about what we're all here for. Another team playing extra time football. This is a gift. This is a gift. And I don't think that the city is talking about enough. This is a gift far after Christmas. That's after all the gifts that take your picks been given out to you. We have the Eagles playing in the wild card weekend. Once again, facing Tom Brady. They're getting the eight and a half in Tampa. I'm so indifferent about it. I'm just excited that they're here. I'm actually, I feel like a fan again for the first time in a long time. And it, and that's exciting in itself. Rob, you saying that you might be going to the game. We might be making an appearance. So I was at the game earlier in the year, and, I, I mean, that game was never as close as the final score indicated. Tampa Bay controlled that game, doubling up the Eagles on yardage and time of possession. I uh, was in control the whole way throughout. 
Uh, and I mean, I've been trying to put this one together. And so what I did was for us, I have come up with a plan, the plan to beat Tom Brady, right? So this is my my theory on how you beat Tom Brady. It's pretty simple and is pretty much what you would expect. But uh, unfortunately, spoiler alert, it's not looking good for the birds. And here's, I'll, I'll let you know, I'll try to break this down. So how do we beat the greatest of all time? Well, the first thing would be great is to uh, keep the greatest of all time off the field, right? Don't let Tom Brady on the field to operate. So how do you do that? First, you need to be able to establish the run to keep those chains moving and keep you keep the ball on the ground and keep the clock running. Thankfully, the Eagles have one of the best rush offenses in, in the league, right? Um, DVOA A ranks, they're not rushing offense number three, Tampa Bay number 12. I think you have a pretty solid matchup there, right, in the run game. So does Sirianni commit to it early enough, right? And does he when he commits to it early, is it early and often? we've seen him shy away sometimes like in the giants and washington game at the end of the season where he kind of the run game disappears a little bit midway through the first quarter early second quarter and, and it doesn't we don't see it again until the second half comes you know comes out so i'd like them to keep running the ball early uh, try to exploit that matchup that they have in the run game because that's going to keep brady off the field and keep running the ball you know part and part with that is you need third down you need to convert third downs and that's where really Jalen Hurts comes into play in this game. It's, you know, the run game and it's Jalen Hurts' decision-making. Eagles are converting at a 45% clip. Uh, Buccaneers are giving up about 38.5%. I don't think it's, you know, too favorable of a matchup either way. I think, you know, the Eagles have, if they can get, you know, close to that 45 over 40%, that would that would look good as well. But that's going to come down to how Hurts uh, makes decisions and whether it's a it's an RPO uh, run pass options or just decisions with where he's throwing the ball, his ability to get out of the pocket. That's where you know, I think the, ultimately this game is decided on offense for the Eagles. Um, so when Tom Brady does get on the field, what does he struggle against? I think it's number one, uh, defenses that are able to disguise their coverages to take away his pre-snap ability. And then number two, pressure on Tom Brady. Yep. Look at the defenses that had the most success against Tom Brady this year. The first one I thought was New England. New England's the third-ranked pass defense in the league, right? They were able to throw everything in the kitchen sink at Tom Brady. Essentially, Bill Belichick put him through a quarterbacking, you know, 900-level class and threw every defensive look at him to confuse him, to throw him off his pre-snap game. Because really, like a lot of the greats, the Mannings, um, Brady, like they're so good pre-snap, and they can put their offense in the, the position to always succeed because they know exactly what they're looking at and how to uh, make adjustments to capitalize on what they're seeing. If you're able to switch that up in the, you know, after the snap, you know, all, you know, you're taking away that ability and that's what new England did. Do I see the Eagles being able to do that? I don't think they've run enough complex schemes to be able to do that. I, I think they give their, um, yeah, their past defense a lot of uh, cushion and hopes that a front four pressure will come. So you look at another team that took out, Tom Brady earlier in the year in, in New Orleans, they have the number four pass defense. And, I, you know, we saw New Orleans, and I think New Orleans' pass rush is more consistent than the Eagles. You know, so we talked about the two teams that beat Tom Brady earlier in the year, their pass defense is number three and number four. The Eagles, number 25. So, you know, I don't see it happening on defense. Uh, I, I, I don't know if there's going to be enough pressure generated to get to Tom Brady. I don't know if they can mix it up enough uh, you know, to avoid what happened earlier in the year, but that's what they need to do. So when we talk about impact players, I'm looking at the guys on the defensive side of the ball, I'm looking at sweat. 
Uh, he's leading the, um, you know, leads the team in pressures at 25. So I, he's got to get his motor going. And I'm also looking at Slay because you need playmakers against Brady. And someone's got to step up and make a play. You need turnovers. Um, question, Sean, who are you putting Darius Slay on? Uh, for me, it's got to be Mike Evans. I'm looking to just remove him out of the game and just have to worry about Gronk killing me, which I think is inevitably going to happen. But I can't have both of them running wild. And I don't think Slay can guard Gronk anyway. I think that's just too big of a body, and they don't have a matchup for him across the board anywhere. Yeah, I think you put your best player on defense on. I, do you call him a big weapon? I like. I don't. I never understood the Mike Evans hype. He's good. He's solid. Top twenty-five wide receiver. I think that's fair. Like, I don't think I'm trying to. I'm not snubbing him. Like, if you look at his production throughout his career, he's had a couple really good years. But I think Chris Godwin's a better wide receiver than him. Luckily enough that the Eagles don't have to face him. I agree with you, Rob. I think the key to this game is can you force Tom Brady into two turnovers? You're going to need two. You're going to need two, and that's your only hope. Just because when – because I was at that game in Philadelphia as well, and it's one, two, three, the ball's out. One, two, three, the ball's out. And unfortunately, the Eagles give Tom Brady what he's actually looking for. It's what he's made a career off of. He's never been the deep ball guy. He had Randy Moss for a season. But he's built his career off of Dinkin and Duncan and slashing you for – Four, five, six, seven, and then before you know it, they're on a seventy-yard drive. So I, you can't. They're gonna have to prep. They're gonna have to mix it up. They're gonna have to get out of their own comfort zone to take Brady out of his. That, that's really what it boils down to. Yeah, and we didn't see. I don't. I don't know about you guys. I didn't see enough against Taylor Heineke. Um, no, even from and. Lennon, uh, just to, uh, enough for me to say, okay, they're going to be able to do better against Tom Brady, just for the reasons you said, how quick he gets that ball out and how he runs that offense. I don't see it from a pressure standpoint, and I don't, I don't think it's wise for the Eagles to bring bring Blissers with the Gronk matchup. I mean, that that matchup is scary, and like I think it's one of those things where you don't have one guy that could take, I think, could take on Gronk one on one. I think it's a combination of guys. Harris, a little Harris, a little McLeod. Um, you know, you're going to need some safety and linebacker help on him. And you're drawing more attention to one guy and up against Brady, he's going to be able to find the open receiver. Yeah. I mean, he's always been able to do it. I think their only way to go about it is to disguise it. Everybody in the secondary linebackers are going to need to be involved. I'm not saying that they need to cover him, but like they need to get contact on the line. Everybody needs to be in the mix on who's covering him. You can't have one person shadow Gronk all day because then once Brady knows what you're doing, he's going to kill you. It it is what it is. I mean, the guy's been doing this for as long as I can remember, and he's the best at it. But I will say there's one guy, if there's one guy, and this is my impact player, that can change the whole tempo and demeanor of Brady's game. It has to be Fletcher Cox. He's still making big time player money and he hasn't 
been making big time plays all season. He can earn that entire salary this weekend. In my opinion, that's the guy that they need to step up to the plate and get him uncomfortable. And it's like, I know that's like the word around town. It's like, you need to get pressure up front, but you need to get pressure up front. It is actually that simple. And he's the one dude that can do it. Him and Hargraves, they need to be able to control the line of scrimmage and put people on their asses. It's, it is what it is. And Fletcher Cox has been the backbone of that defense for a very long time. I think he's got one more in the tank. I think we're going to see a nice little showing from Fletcher uh, come Sunday. We need it. We need it. Yeah, so one play I do have in this game before we move on to the next, um, I am going to look at uh, Gronk's receiving yards. Uh, I got that at 56 and a half earlier today. Um, I'm also going to look uh, tomorrow. There's no alternate receiving lines up. I would like to see what his uh, receiving yards or his odds are for him to go over 100 receiving yards. Mm. If I can get some nice plus money on that, uh, I'm definitely going to look into it. The Eagles average, the Eagles give up 58 yards per game to tight ends. Um, and Gronk's last two games since AB's been out, I guess game and a half, he's had uh, seven catches in each, 10 targets in each, and over 100 yards in each. And the mm. Eagles, like we were saying, just do not have a matchup for him. It's not going to be TJ Edwards. It's not Rodney McLeod. You know, it's not Anthony Harris. It's not Alex Singleton. They don't have a guy for him. It's not Avante Maddox. It's just a, it's just a tough mismatch for them. It is, and that's a great angle if being an Eagles fan – because. Rob, we talk about this all the time. We don't bet on Penn State. We don't bet. You don't bet on Notre Dame. We don't bet on the Eagles. You don't put your money where your heart is. And I think that's a good way to balance out the pain. Make a little money with it, Sean. I love that alternate number. And if we can get good odds on that. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they are. I would like, I want to see. I I like that. If I'm going to go for Gronk going off, I might as well combo that. With a Bucks money line or alt spread, make it even juicier. Yeah, I'm not mad at uh. I, so my biggest blunder of last NFL season, I said it to both of you guys. I was gonna put a lot of money on Gronk first touchdown score in the Super Bowl. I put a little bit of money on it. I didn't put a lot of money on it like we were talking about. He gets it. But we all know who Tom Brady looks for in these moments. It's not a secret. Gronk, you have two of the best at their position ever together. They've been together their entire careers. Well, Gronk's been with Brady his entire career. But he's going to look for him, especially in the red zone, third down. Like Gronk is going to go crazy on yards. I think I would even be frisky enough to throw – you got the alt receiving yards, anytime touchdown score, throwing a Bucks money line or whatever total, however you want to twist that. I think you can get something really juicy on the same game parlay there. Yeah, I mean, he's down both his top options. He's going to go to the guy that he has real chemistry with, a decade yeah. of chemistry with. Yeah. I, mean, he, yeah. I don't see any other way. they. I think that's what they attack all day. And real quick, just for the people watching, um, it is going to be 22 miles per hour wins, I believe. So just be hesitant, you know, with the Brady passing props and all that. I don't know that he's airing it out all over the place. I think it's a dink, no. dink and dunk, dunk game. 
I mean, that's what the Eagles give you anyway, all the easy stuff, nothing over top. Um, so I just wanted to throw that note out there. All the yeah. more reason for the Eagles to get aggressive then, right? Like yeah, if yeah. Jordan has any impact, I mean, not that I expect – I mean, they wouldn't have a huge impact on Brady, but like to the extent it has any on the long ball, if it is going to be that windy, you can take some chances. And you're and you need to to be t- this defense. If this defense is going to be Tom Brady, you need to gamble and you need to win those. Like you need to take chances and win those chances. I'll be upset if they don't take the chances, just because this is another team that nobody. You're not supposed to be here. You're not. Let's be frank. We're getting a free week of football, and this is a blessing as an Eagles fan. Be aggressive. Leave it all out there. There's no reason to not start blitzing, not start pressing. Get a little creative. Do things that you have. Do things that I hope you've been saving for this week. You know what I mean? But that's for sure. Brady's not going to give you the game. you got to go take it. 100%. 100%. 100%. I mean, you see what happened, what he did to the Jets. You give him an opportunity to come back into it, he's going to beat you. Yep. Every time. He's the best. He's the best. All right. I want to bring up the game that we all line up with. And the last time we all lined up, we only made it a one-unit play. So I want to make a stance right now, and I want to make it official. When all three of us unanimously agree on one side, this is officially becoming a two-unit play for take your pick. It has to. Because we're not doing ourselves any justice on our record or on our units on the social media. So San Francisco getting three points currently in Dallas. I love the Niners. This isn't a bias. This is not Dallas hate. If you look at the way the two teams stack up, I think the Niners are the perfect team to beat them. That's my stance on the matter. I'm not going to say outright, but give me the three points. That's an official play by me. And I would love for you guys to break it down more analytically because I just have a feeling straight gut, straight football, nothing to do with numbers. It's all just eye test. I love the Niners. They're a hot hot pick this week. I, I, I think it's a sharp pick this week. You know, little alignment because you're getting there's 60 percent of the bets and 80 percent of the money on on the uh, the Niners, and it's come down right throughout the week. From I think it's opened up at four and a half. Now it's down. It was down to three. So yep. I this is what I want to play. Like you know, guess what's going on in Vegas? Like on this one because to me this is like just a very weird line. Like so, I just find it surprising that Dallas is only laying three. Right? Like I, I know. You know, San Fran's coming in hot after last week. I know we rode San Fran last week. I will, like, I have thoughts on the matchup. I think I agree San Fran matches up really well with Dallas. But the fact that it's only three is concerning me because, like, you would expect the public money to come in on Dallas eventually. So is, you know, are, is Vegas worried about raising that now because of the Sharps? Or, are you know, how are they playing? How are they playing this one? Because to me – it seems like the Dallas minus three is a little short. Sean, you want to take this? I'm ready to go. You're ready to go? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. Dallas isn't that good. 
They're they're just not that good. I think I view that as an honest football line. Those teams are very evenly matched, uh, but all they're getting is home field advantage right now. And that's all I'm willing to give them. Kyle Shanahan is a much better coach than Mike McCarthy. Jimmy Garoppolo, slightly inferior to Dak Prescott. That Niners D-line and linebacking core is very capable and more than capable to stop your run. And after backing the Rams and watching that Niners D-line, if you took a look at Matt Stafford's arm, his left arm was purple by the end of that game. After getting hit that many times, his entire left arm was purple. They were abusing that Rams O-line. And granted, the Cowboys have a good one. They have a good O-line. I think they're going to abuse that Dallas's offense because there's not really one guy on that offense that I view as a foxhole guy. Zeke is. Zeke's a bull, but none of their wide receivers are. Dak's not. And that Niners team is just that is all they're built on. It's going to struggle. Dallas, you're 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 absolutely. Dallas is going to struggle on the ground. They're coming up against a number two ranked run defense, and Dallas, you know, thirteenth ranked uh, rushing offense. I think they're going to struggle to get the gra- ground game going against the Niners because of those dogs that you mentioned, uh, those backers and that D line for San Fran. And on the other end, I think San Fran's going to run the ball on Dallas. I think they are going to run the ball on Dallas, like and run it well. Can I? I need to bring up somebody. Real quick, Debo Samuel. You're in. You are a top five wide receiver. I don't know why you're not in that conversation more. He says, "Give me the ball anyway. I don't care how you get it to me. Just give me the ball." And he bullies people. Do you see him run over Jalen Ramsey? Stand over top of him. That was like a statement. Like, bro, you can't guard me. You can't tackle me. I'm here to hurt you. Stacked. He's don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. He's. At, I would absolutely put it – he's earned himself into the top five conversation after this year. Absolutely. 100%. I, I, I think he's close to top five, well, at least in yards. If not, he is after last week. He's got another monster week. But I'm pretty sure he's, if not, in the top five just outside of it. So I like the Niners off the eye test. I like the Niners head coach way more than the Cowboys. And I'm not even that much of a Shanahan fan. He's a good dog. Yeah. After last week, I don't know how he can't be because he went in that locker room, rallied his boys, and then that second half beat the shit out of the Rams. And literally looked at Sean McVay like, don't ever go down the end zone and celebrate on me ever again. See, bro, I beat you every time I see you. Don't ever try and shine on me like that. If I'm him, I'd feel a certain type of way, and they have a good edge coming into this game. They've been the dogs. Everybody's been counting them out all season. And now they're here. I don't know. That's a dangerous football team. That's a dangerous football team. Yeah, one thing we haven't even touched on yet. Um, I think the Niners can control what what scares me most about Dallas, which is their D-line. I think they'll be able to keep them in check. With I mean, the Niners have a massive offensive line. Yeah. One of the yeah. best in the league. And, I mean, that's really the only thing that scares me about that entire team is Demarcus Lawrence and Michael Parsons and getting me in second and 12, second and 13, sack fumbles, turnovers. 
I mean, that defensive line drives that entire defense. That defensive line's bailed out their secondary, and I feel like that's made quarterbacks put up bad balls. This isn't a shot at Trayvon Diggs at all, but he's actually given up the most yards as any corner in the league. That's a fact. He stinks. Like, you have a lot. We talked about him. He's a, he's a gambler, right? Like, he's yeah. he's won a lot this year. He's he's won a lot. But yeah, but you can get you can get to him. Yeah, you can definitely get to him, and I think Shanahan's good enough. I mean, he he's a great play caller, and he draws him up just as good as anybody in the NFL. His issue is in his big handicap is Jimmy Garoppolo, but what he's good at is getting Debo Samuel the goddamn football by any means necessary. And at the end of the day, there's really nobody on that Dallas defense that really wants to smoke with George Kittle and Debo Samuel. That's a fact. George Kittle's not having a great statistical year, but you still see highlights of him every Sunday, run blocking, pancaking people downfield. He doesn't care who has the ball. That's one of those guys, I don't care if whether you're a fan or you aren't, you want him on your football team. And he still was a guy that could come into a game and drop 130 yards on you at any point. I mean, he still had multiple of those games. Who's covering him, Leighton Van Rash? Nope. Bro, that Mormon's in for a tough, tough day. For sure. Same BYU anymore, kid. So, that's my stance on that game. I know we all – is that official plays across the board? Uh, yeah, for me, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. I I expect the public money to drive that number back up to three and a half. I, I don't see that going lower than three. If it is, then to me the Cowboys are in trouble because if, uh, Vegas has to be taking public money on the boys. And if that line continues to come down, Cowboys I think are in trouble, like like outright trouble. If that moves to two and a half, Vegas is very very nervous that they're gonna lose their shirt. Big money coming in on the Niners. Right, they're again all big money against the public, public darling. So I, yep. I'm gonna see that. I'm gonna see what happens with that line. I'm sitting on it, but I know I like the the Niners, and I would even consider rolling out the money line again for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I hate to bring up a game after the one that we just talked about. That Not is the Pittsburgh Steelers getting twelve and a half in Kansas City. I lean Steelers. I lean them pretty heavily, and I would love to throw them in a teaser, get them at 19 and a half. And if you're Big Ben's last go around, he's not going to lose by 21. And I like the fact that everybody is counting them out, and Sean, you brought it up too, that the last time these two teams played, the Steelers got smoked. I think you're going to see a completely different game plan. I think you're going to see a completely different game flow. I would lean under in this, and I lean Steelers. That's really it. I also lean to the under. I don't have – I'm not playing this at all. Um, a side note for me, though, Pittsburgh's been horrible in the first half. Um, so you could either look at a Kansas City first-half play or a Pittsburgh live uh, at halftime, a Pittsburgh live, whatever that number is, because they have come out like madmen in most of their second halves. I don't know what takes them so long to get going. But once they wake up, they do wake up. 
I like the under on this one. <laughs> old age um, takes me so long. I hear you. I th yeah, maybe it takes Ben a little too long to get out of bed nowadays, but I, I, I like the under. I, I think it's getting a lot of money on only a third of the tickets. Uh, I think it's a play because, you know, you could, you know, you could see Pittsburgh putting up a fight against that Kansas City offense. The defense is pretty solid on that, on that side of things. And I just at the same time, on the other end, I, I don't trust Big Ben and that Pittsburgh offense to put up nearly enough points to keep keep up with Kansas City because eventually Kansas City will break through. Um, but I, I, I do – I lean the under as well. I think I'm ready to move on from that one. And that's no disrespect to Steelers fans. I, I just – They're happy to be there too, just like exactly. us. We're, exactly. happy, we're happy to be there. Step in the right direction. We might be happy that we're, we're here. Let them enjoy it now before they f try to figure out who's going to be the quarterback of their franchise mm. next week. Well, we talk about a team that drafts really well. They'll be right back in the mix in a year. Yeah. I've, I have feel no sympathy towards the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're in the mix every freaking year. So, and another one that they should suck. They made it, they squeak in the playoffs. It's just like, you can't. You can't do anything to harm this team. They get the dog shit kicked out of them and then squeak in, grind out a couple division games. They're in the playoffs because the Raiders kick a field goal. They owe that organization a couple Christmas gifts, a couple good ones. So I'm interested to see what they buy them. But let's get into a tough one. This is a tough one for me to handicap. I have an official play on it, but I'm, I'm hoping for some help, some validation. And that's the Cardinals seeing the L.A. Rams. The Cardinals are getting three and a half in L.A. They're seeing each other for the third time again. <sighs> to me, so the first game, the Cardinals beat up on the Rams. The next one, the opposite happens. I see the Rams winning this game especially after the letdown against the Niners. I'm hoping that is some motivation for them because, like, I'm rooting for Matt Stafford. I do kind of like Sean McVay, besides him being a fanboy of his own team, which I think is weird. Like, just be the coach. Don't be a cheerleader. I lean the Rams. I like the coach more. I still like the quarterback more right now because just Kyler Murray's first playoff stint. Kyler Murray's clearly a better quarterback, but inexperience I think is going to hurt the Cardinals. Eileen Rams, I really hope one of you guys is with me. If not, let's get into a good one. I think it's going to be a close. I think it's pretty evenly matched up, these two. Uh, I yeah. think it's going to be a defensive struggle, like defensive battle. I think both of these defenses are very good. Ranking both close, to, both of them are uh, six, five or six in all defensive categories. Rush and pass, like it, it is, it is a, it's going to be a tough um, matchup, I think, on the defensive end. And I think I wouldn't be surprised to see the like an under make a play here. Um, Forty nine and a half. I mean, I think it's a it's a contrarian spot. You're getting a lot of money on um, most of the tickets on the over right now, but just looking at these defenses and how they match up and rank up against these offenses, these defenses are strong. Um, and a third, you know, third round divisional battle 
you know, I think I think it's just worth keeping an eye on that total. If that if that public if the uh, public uh, side continues to push the total up around you know forty nine and a half, even maybe fifty, I don't know how much it's going to move now and then. But I would keep an eye on it, and I, I possibly like playing the under here. My fear with the under is the Rams' defense is really only two players. As a unit, they're not that great. They kind of, they've seemed to get exposed, like, and Jalen Ramsey. I love him. I think he's an animal. Why is he always bitching on the sidelines? No, that like that's like a problem. That's something that actually bothers me because he doesn't play like that kind of player. He's hitting the guys before the sticks. He doesn't give up free yards. Like that is that he plays like a foxhole dude. But on the sidelines, like whenever anybody else makes a mistake, he always seems like that he has something to say about it. And that kind of pisses me off about him. That's the only bad thing I can say about him because on the field, he's an absolute monster. Like he is, in my opinion, the number one cornerback in the NFL. And there that's not even a debate to me. I think I think he alone is enough to really hamper that Cardinals offense. Like Who's their number one option without Hopkins? Is it Christian Kirk. Christian, yeah. AJ Green. Right? Like, you know, Ramsey takes any three of those guys out of the game. I'm just giving Ramsey a side of the field. So, I mean, I'm just looking at that matchup, right? Like, he can take out one of those guys who, you know, are all, you know, of course, none of them are nowhere near as good as Hopkins. You know, where does the Cardinals offense go from there? You know, I, you know, the Rams have the uh, six-ranked uh, rush defense, or I'm sorry, fifth. So, you know, Connor and Edmund, like, do, do I really trust them to get it going either on that side? No. I mean, I lean the Rams as well uh, to, you know, at least to win the game and probably to cover too before. But I, I still think that, you know, both of these teams could have a hard time moving the ball. Because, again, our Arizona defense is, is no slouch. No, not at all. Not at all. Jamie Jones having a great year. Sean. I think you owe James Conner an apology. Dang. I don't forget. I don't forget. I might owe him. I might owe him a little something. He's not getting it yet, but I might owe him. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And if they end up pulling this one through and he has over 75 rushing yards and a touchdown, you owe him an apology for sure. For sure. That's he never had a, for sure. He's had a very good year this year. For sure. No, he definitely has. I don't give them much of a chance in this game. Really? Uh, I just – man, the last five weeks, they – I mean, they have just – they've soured on me. I Like, I, I don't like anything about that team right now outside of – their defense is solid. Um, but Kyler Murray doesn't seem like a dude that puts people on his back. It's like when I have other good people around me, I can get them the ball. But I'm not elevating anybody else around me. And I just – the first playoff game, a, a legacy game for Matt Stafford, damn near. Ooh. Um that's a good point. I lean to the Rams. That'll be the last time I back them this year, probably, though, because I don't like that team either. I think they're frauds. I like that legacy game by Stafford aspect. Actually, I, it's funny you even brought that up because I was really thinking about this one hard all week that I'm ready to bet Matt Stafford to not throw an interception this week. Mm. I, I, like, I like that. I like that take, though, because I like, like what Sean said, I think both of these teams were probably like close to the top for me in teams that I thought were going to underperform this year. 
Because I think the Rams got a lot of Super Bowl love early on. But I totally agree with you, Mike. And we, we talked about this in the beginning of the year. They're flashy. They have elite premier guys at certain positions on each side of the ball, but they lack a lot of depth that, you know, you're used to seeing Super Bowl teams have. So I did not expect them to, you know, to run through the NFC. Like, you know, I think a lot of it was predicted preseason and they've really come down to earth in the last few weeks. On the other end, Arizona was the same thing. That was a team that we, we faded very early and often. And they and came, they came out and beat us and opened up on a hot stretch to start the season. They've since come back down to earth to where we thought they would be, um, you know. And, and even lost last week, you know, against Seattle when they're fighting for the you know division as well. There, I, I don't know. I think both of these teams are overachieving to the extent, you know, as far as they got here. Um, one's going to keep going, and I, I think it is the Rams. Um, but again, I think it's going to be ugly. The Rams are a better team, and I think that the Cardinals lost to Seattle tells me everything I need to know. You guys both know Seattle was my favorite play last week. I love the Seahawks on that final hurrah, whether it happens or not. But a good team does not lose that game to a division opponent in that spot to win the division. A good team doesn't do it. And in the beginning, Arizona looked like the best team the NFL NFL's ever seen. Right now, I, I think they're very mediocre at best. Um, they lost to the Colts. Lost to Seattle. Beat the Cowboys. But I don't think the Cowboys are that good. So, I think the Rams... I think out of all those teams I just mentioned, the Niners are the best team in that conversation. As who the Rams or the Cardinals has lost to, I think the Niners are hands down the best team, and we're gonna we'll find that one out this weekend for sure. But the Rams fought them tough. I uh, think the Rams are a much better team, in my opinion, than the Cardinals. They're kind of built similarly. They have a lot of big name players, but. So when it comes down to coaching, I'm going to give it to McVay. And then quarterbacks, Matt Stafford has been through the ringer the last couple of weeks. He's turned the ball over like crazy, has made a lot of bad decisions. I think this week you're going to get a Matt Stafford primo performance. And after that, he'll probably have to go to Lambeau, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So it'll be a four seed. They're, yeah, they're a three seed, right? Well, unless the Niners win, and Aaron Rodgers does not want that problem. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I have the Rams winning this one. I have the Rams covering this one. Arizona's not ready. That coach isn't ready. Kyler Murray's not ready. And Kyler Murray's that guy that can do that Russell Wilson crazy shit and can make a play, but he can't hit somebody eight yards at the sticks. He always throws it at his feet. Sean, have I not been saying this to you since he's been in the league? Yeah, no, I've been on the same train. I'm not a big fan of his either. I think he's just an above-average quarterback, but he's not special. He's flashy. He's creative with his legs. He can make those crazy plays that look great on highlight reels, but when you need him to just do a simple three-step drop and hit somebody at the sticks, the pass isn't there. I don't know what that's about, but that's just what I see time and time again. And 
that just keeps proving itself to me that he isn't going to be the guy that's going to be able to beat these caliber quarterbacks now. Like we're up here now. He couldn't beat Russell Wilson. He's going to play Stafford. Then he's going to probably have to play Rodgers, Brady, play it. You're with the big dogs now. It's way different. If this all comes down to quarterback play, and right now I have Matt Stafford with the legacy game on the line, I have Matt Stafford outperforming Kylo Murray to not only win, but cover the three and a half. And Sean McVay is going to draw some things up. Cooper Cup, you have a wide receiver that can 120 yards a game. 118 exactly, I'm sorry, not 119. But that's Mike's official play. I know you guys both lean on it. I think that's a tail for me. I, I'll, I'd roll with the Rams. I think I'm probably going to add them to cover as well. It came down. I think it came down to minus three and a half since we jumped on, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's on. It's at three and a half now. I, yeah, I mean that's interesting because you know, you know, Arizona was getting about sixty, like about sixty-five percent of money before I jumped on. So, you know, they adjust. You know, they are getting most of the money right now. Get most of the money. It's coming down. It's telling me something. I like the Rams there. I don't see. I don't see Arizona. Again, I don't know how. I don't think their offense matches up well against this defense without Hopkins. I just. I don't know who the threat is. They don't have one. Zach Ertz washed up a run game. Your biggest threat's Murray, and you're going up against one of the better defensive lines and one of the best defensive linemen in the game, if not the best. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I I think you counter their weapons very well. Boys, are there any other plays that you wanted to add to this slate? I feel really good about that uh, preview that we just put out there. I think we broke all them down pretty clearly for everybody. Yeah, that's everything for me. I think I think because the lines are so tight, you got a lot of good numbers for teasers. Yep. So yep. I like real quick, like I like teasing dogs, uh, with the exception of I would tease the Buccaneers down and I would tease the Chiefs down. Otherwise, I, I do like the idea of teasing the dogs up because you're getting some good numbers. You're crossing a couple key numbers, or I think, with, with all nearly all of them. Yeah, and I feel like historically, if you look at playoff spreads, the the bookmakers aren't that far off ever. No, but wildcard dogs are, 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 uh, have played well against the spread. Yeah, I think, no, I think like seventeen. They've had they have quite a good record against the spread. Wildcard dogs. So to me, tease, tease them up, tease them up. All right, boys, I feel good about that. Everybody, follow at Take Your Pick on Twitter at Take Your Pick ninety two on Instagram. All the plays are on all the platforms. Uh, we're on a heater. We're hoping we can keep it going for you guys, boys. Until next time. For sure. Let's cash. Let's cash. Happy to be here.